Hey everyone, it's David, aka PV Plant Guy, and I am here with another episode of Plant Personalities. I'm here to talk a little bit about myself. I'm alone today, so I don't have anyone to interview or anyone to interview me. But I wanted to take the time to talk a little bit about myself. Um, as you know, this podcast is geared toward interviewing some of the plant content creators on social media to get to know them. Who are they and what are their interests outside of the social media space? We know that there are so many different types of people out there and plants bring us together. Hashtag plant parent community. Hashtag plants make people happy. Hashtag plant parents. I could go on. But we know that there are different types of people and we have different interests. And I want to dig deeper into what excites people outside of plants. What are some common interests that we share outside of plants? And who are these people? Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about myself. I wanted to expand on what I talked about with my best friend, Laura, a few weeks ago. I felt like I gave, I felt like I talked a lot about my work and my plant, uh, how I got into plants, but I didn't really divulge into some of my other interests that, that I feel like I like would like to share. And sometimes that you guys see on social media occasionally. So the other day on Instagram, I uploaded a story and I asked you guys to ask me something. And the goal here is to use those prompts as questions here on the podcast. So I have a list of questions that I want to walk through. And if there are any listeners, I see a few listeners in the room. If you all want to chat with me, feel free to do so. You can join the queue and you can ask me some questions and we can chat and have a great time. But um, I have a few questions here that I feel that will fill up some of the time here. So one of the things that, you know, since it is 2022, someone asked, what do I have planned for 2022? I have a lot going on. And I feel like I want to share this with you outside of outside of what's going on in my plant world. But to kind of break the ice a little bit, there are a few things in line that I have. Um, I still need to write my hard goals, right? So I have some personal goals. I have some professional goals, as do most people. Um, I have some work-related things that I don't want to bore you with. I felt like I've bored you with last time. But I have a few plant-related items that I want to do in 2022 that will take some time and I think the first thing that I want to get to is my big fiddly fig so I have three fiddly figs out on my back patio and the the biggest one is a little bit sparse and as you know they grow out in the wild in Africa right that's where they're from I want to completely cut it back so it is just like a few um, stems and I want to put it outside on my lanai I'm actually very scared to do this because it's such a statement piece on my back patio but i just need to go ahead and make that big chop and hopefully i can propagate some of this the the stems that are currently on the plant and then just move it out back that's kind of like what i have planned for my my patio and uh in addition to just like completely cleaning it up i feel like there's been a shift within a lot of plant parents we've you know some of us has some of us have accumulated so many plants 
my, myself included. And sometimes I, I just can't control <laughs> um, where they're growing or, you know, I can't get a hang of my watering schedule. And I want to basically thin out my plant population for 2022. There are some plants I have multiples of that, that I would like to give away. And there are some plants that I don't really like that much. So I kind of want to thin out what I have going on and just kind of have a smaller number of plants, but have them really healthy versus having a larger number of plants and having them kind of all like mangy. Um, So that's kind of like a long-term goal there. Um, My back patio in the summer, it gets super jungle-like. Even my mom came up and she kind of made fun of me for how filled it was um she said it looked like an effing jungle but i take that as a compliment um some people wouldn't but um i i need to reorganize it and clean it and just get it looking in the best of shape and springtime is the best time to do that you know i need to clean out my garage there's a few things that we want to do at the house we want to put built-in shelves in in our family room which would move we have some hexagons which you've probably seen on instagram some of my stories like in our family room next to our tv so when we put our built-in shelves on that area in that area those hexagons will need a new home and i would like to put those in my office there's five of them and i can put plants on them so i think there's a few things within our home environment that we want to improve upon that being one of them. And I think um, you can't go wrong with creating more plant space, but that directly conflicts with me. Um, You know, creating more space means more plants and that doesn't align with me thinning up my plant population. But I think that um, it needs to be, I need to create a more tasteful environment for my plants. I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of what I share is oftentimes just plants cluttered in a corner. And I would like to make my house look a little bit more aesthetically pleasing. So people don't come in and say, oh, wow, you have a lot of plants. How do you work in here? Or, oh, that's a lot of plants. I get that oftentimes. Um, So I want to be more, more stylish with my plants. And there are some folks out there that, you know, have an eye for that. I don't. I'm going to admit that that is one of my, my, my faults, um, not being able to, uh, style the plants in a way that I would prefer. And I wish I did. I wish I had more light in my house that, that, that also plays a role. Um, so that's kind of what I want to do in 2022. There's also something that I'm excited to kind of move forward with. And I guess this is the debut of what I've been thinking of doing for the past few months. Um, I actually uh, if you think about, so if I go back maybe a year ago, there was a video, um, um, a reel and a TikTok that went viral and it was me with, um, talking about reasons why some of my plants get burnt tips, right? So if you think about different plants, lack of humidity, lack of water, um, and the punchline for this specific reel was my husband's candle because he had left a burning candle under my Monstera adansonii. And, um, so I guess our love for candles kind of inspired me to my husband's love for candles. And, you know, I, I love them too, to create a PV plant guy line of candles that 
are scented that that are um, houseplant inspired fragrances. So think about things like in the jungle, um, lots of like rainwater, like fresh foliage um, mixed with some like sandalwood and black moss. Um, something that you would light and say, oh, I feel like I'm in a room full of plants, but it's pleasant and not necessarily um, filled with like uh, a heavy layer of humidity. Um, so that's kind of what I'm aiming for in 2022. That's like my one of my outside of all of my professional goals. That's my biggest 2022 goal is creating a PV plant guy candle line. I know it sounds so basic, but it's something that I think will be fun for my husband, John and I to really work on together. And I think that, um, you all will enjoy it. Um, I have a lot of ideas in mind and I've already started working toward that. So I think we are targeting a release in the spring because it with candles it takes time to get the right scent with the um, the burn rate and the wick and the wax and the heat throw. There's a lot of different factors and it takes time to test them out and you have to let them cure for a few weeks. So in this case, um, you know I think the first batch will, be processed this upcoming weekend and hopefully we have a final product by sometime in February, early March that we can launch. So I'm very excited. You guys get a sneak peek here. If you're listening, I don't know if you like candles, but keep an eye out. I'm very excited for it. So 2022, lots of big things planned. Um, and then one thing that I thought of today that I've been seeing a lot on social media is um, smaller terrariums. I've never been a big fan of terrariums just because I don't have a lot of patience when it comes to finagling everything in a small jar. But I came across something from our wedding. And if you don't know, we got married in 2020, right before the world decided to shut down. Um, February 8th, 2020 was our wedding date. We got married in St. Augustine and it was like the best day ever. We had all the people that we loved in one room and COVID was just a far thought in everybody's heads. And we were planning our honeymoon to Japan and I'll get to that in a little bit. But um, anyway, so yeah, great day. We had this box, this glass box for our cards. And to this day, we still have it. It's set in our dining room area. We have um, some records in it that, you know, kind of just displays as a, a whatever piece in our, in our room. And today I was putting away our Christmas decorations and I was like, Oh my God, this glass box, I could totally put this on our kitchen table as a centerpiece and create a terrarium out of it. So there are so many people that are out on social media that make terrariums. So I definitely want to see what is all out there. Cause I, I don't, you know, I know that you have to have a few different layers and, Certain plants work best in there. I, I'm not an expert in terrarium. So this is the part where I, you know, as someone who's interested in houseplants, get to explore other people's interests within the houseplant realm. And I see I see that Nicole, Nicole's here with us today. She's listening. Hey, Nicole, um, I know that you've made a few terrariums, so I'll definitely be hitting you up for some of your advice on, you know, 
how to make one that survives. My qualm with them is that they grow within their space and they don't look well kept, you know, within a certain period of time. So I want to make sure that they are able to, you know, this, this will stay looking nice for a good period of time. And this is an open container, so it won't be closed. So I'm thinking of putting some air plants in there. So that'll be something that I can even make some content around within the next few weeks. So that's like immediate goals for 2022. And then we have long-term candles, cleaning up my back patio, um, doing some improvements to our home and creating some more plant space. So that's what I got going on for 2022. So next question. So as you know, we got Tucker. Tucker is our third golden retriever, right? So someone asked, when are Jax, Marley, and Tucker getting a fourth sibling? I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think three dogs is already a lot. Um, two dogs I thought was a lot. Three is it's like a pack. Um, lots of food, lots of attention, lots of training. I don't first. I don't see us moving forward with a fourth dog anytime soon. I think the next time that we will, I don't even want to say this. The next time that we get another dog will be when one of uh, one of them is not with us anymore. So, um, that's that is that. <laughs> um, someone asked about what my dream plant is. One plant that I don't have yet, and. I'm the type of person, so I could, you know, I could give one answer, but I want to talk a little bit more about myself and how I thought about the answer to this question. I am the type of person where if someone asks me, what is your favorite this or what is your favorite that, I, it is so hard for me to give you one answer. For whatever reason, I just can't always pick one. I always have like a top three. Like I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. And when someone asks, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Well, I, I don't think that I could give you that. And I, I, I actually don't think that a lot of Taylor Swift fans could answer that question. But me personally, it's just hard to pick a favorite. I'm usually like a top three or a top five type person just because I can appreciate differences in houseplants, for example, you know, in, in this circumstances, in this circumstance. And I don't think that, and I, and I can appreciate the beauty of the different plants, right? So, I took some time to think, and I'm going to go with the basic, the philodendron Florida beauty, because I have a Florida green, and it is probably my one of my favorite plants that I have right now. Even though it's more common, I just love the way that it grows, and I look at it every day. It's in my office. I turn my head to the right, and it's right there. Um, and I just think a variegated one would look beautiful. Um I have a philodendron squammy as well, a baby one that I'm I'm waiting to for it to vine. That one's going to be awesome. But again, I just think either you know I, the variegation is just so beautiful, and I I think that it would just look very um, iconic and uh, what's the word? Um, just stunning. Where I I in my office. I know that's such a basic plant and there are so many other cool philodendrons and anthuriums that are much rarer, but that's just something that I, that I personally want. And, um, that, that's kind of what I'm going to go with right there. So there, there you have it. Philodendron Florida beauty. But 
I kind of have a side answer to the question because, you know, you can have one dream plant, but when when I think of that question, I would actually love to live in a more tropical climate, say like South Florida, where I could have a bunch of different tropical plants in my yard versus like in my house because plants outside in the humidity, it's just in their, you know, more natural environment thrive very well. So I think that creating some type of like tropical landscape is like high on my preference list. There is one neighbor in my neighborhood that has a giant rubber tree. And when we go golf carting, golf carting, we drive by it. And I always tell John, I want a clipping. I want a clipping. Um, so if I could, you know, take a rubber tree and plant it outside, like I, I would love that. And, um, someone I work with, who's also one of my friends has a variegated rubber tree in his front yard and last winter it froze, but it came back this year. So knowing that they can thrive outside here in Northeast Florida, I think I want to try that this spring and just plant, you know, order a rubber tree and just see how it does outside and kind of facilitate that tropical feel in my yard, even though it can be challenging if we do come across a few freezes. So I think my dream plant is something, you know, I I just think short term, like I want this plant cool. And then, um, you know, the Florida beauty, great. But I think long term, I want to create an environment outside in my backyard and my front yard where I can kind of have this like secret garden type feel. So my husband has a vision of creating a secret garden with like an extension to our patio. And I feel like I can help him get there by creating this little tropical garden. So I think I can make it happen. I don't have it on my list for 2022 because it's not our highest priority. But if it happens, I will be super excited about it. Um, There is another question out there. Someone asked, um, what is one plant that I refuse to have? I feel like everyone has this on their list right you just like hate certain plants um a while ago i i had a a heart fern that i just hated because i would water it and like two days later it would like curl up and i'm like what is going on with you so i just ended up throwing it out um i don't even want to give the heart fern any type of credit right now just because i've already been through it but um one plant that i have never had that i don't think i will ever have because everyone else has it is the Raphidophora tetrasperma. I've seen it in nurseries. I've had it in my cart and I've put it back on the shelf because it's a fast grower. Yes, it's vining. It takes up a lot of space and I'm already at my space limit. And I don't, I don't know if I need it because everyone else has one. And I see it all, I see it on social media all the time. And I'm like, do I really need this plant? If I can see it on social media, it looks like a monstera. Um, it has smaller leaves. I feel like it would vine really cool in my office, but it's not a priority. I'd rather have a cool, you know, a plant that I don't see too often. Um, so that's kind of where I sit with the raffi. And then I have like a love-hate relationship with syngoniums. I've refused to have them because I've had them before and they've not done well. But I now have a... Um, Syngonium wenlandii, and it's beautiful. It's doing really well. I just need to remember to water it. Um, 
So I, I, I don't hate it, but it's like not something that I'll go out of my way to buy. And I'm also scared to try the variegated ones because I feel like I, I will kill it. So I think that the Syngonium is more of the, I refuse to have that one because I'm not confident that I can keep it alive <laughs> because I, I may not give it the attention that it needs. So there's like two different reasons uh, for those plants, why I don't want them. And then the last two on my list, I have uh, Chetiscantia and Croatans. Um, people up north really like them, I think, because they don't see them as often but here in florida like they're outside plants they're used in landscape you know decor um they're more ornamental plants for the garden bed and to me that is you know if i can have a plant in my yard why would i want to keep it in a pot in my house where it's just gonna like stay small and probably won't live its best life that also goes for the uh, stromanthi triostar and i have one in my office i'm looking at it i bought it for like $15 at Publix, our grocery store. And then the next week I went to Home Depot and I saw one three times the size for $12 because they're used in landscaping here. So I'm like, you know what? I, you know, they're tropical plants. They're great. They have beautiful colors, but I don't need them in my house because I could just put them outside. So for me, like there are three different categories of plants that I don't like to have. It's one, you, the very common ones you see all the time on social media, ones that I'm kind of afraid to try, um, but I, I, I should, but I'm just, I, I just don't want to, um, you know, add to my to-do list with when it comes to plants. And then the third one is ones that can be used in ornamental landscaping. So that's, that's my, my take on plants that I refuse to have. Um, so um, a few other questions that came through. I have my list here. I'm looking at it. What is, let's see. Um, there's a few technical questions that I'm going to skip for now, but if you know me, this is, this is, I'm excited to talk about this. If you know me, you know that I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift, right? I'm also obsessed with Real Housewives on Bravo. And I love Survivor. I've been watching Survivor. I, I like reality TV, but only specific types of reality TV. Not into The Bachelor, not into that like super trashy, like Love Island, 90 Day Fiance, which other people are, and I respect and I can appreciate their love for that. But for me, it's all about, you know, lots of Bravo content and uh, CBS Survivor. So someone asked what my favorite housewife of all time is. And again, going back to the oh, it's really hard for me to pick like one person. But I think in this case, I know my person. And that person will uh, is Jill Zarin. If you don't know Jill, she's from seasons one through four of Real Housewives of New York City. And to me, she's, she's just like that, um, that aunt that you love that you can always respect because she's so straightforward and will tell it how it is and will always um, – own her stuff and improve upon herself and actually change when she say that she says she's going to change. She's a strong businesswoman. She's gone through grief, um, you know, and lots of hardships in her life. And she's also been, you know, blessed with, you know, some other great things. But I think that, you know, I just, I just really like her. Um, I follow her on Instagram and, and it's just like one of those like, weird things. People are like, why do you love Jill so much? It's just like, I don't know. I just like feel this weird, like energy with her. 
Um, and if you're a fan of Housewives, you either like really like her or you kind of really don't. So for me, I really like her. And then I think because I can't only pick one, I'm going to have to pick two in this case. I think Dorinda, Dorinda Medley, she is also on New York. She is hilarious. She has the best interviews out of, I think, all the housewives. Her commentary is hilarious. When she drinks, she's hilarious to watch. When she's sober, she's hilarious to watch. Um, I, I think that she's just a good person and provides pure entertainment. So I'm excited to read her book. I got it in the mail uh, before Christmas. I haven't read it yet, but I'm excited to. I heard it's really good. But again, big fan of Bravo, all the Real Housewives franchises, um, Salt Lake City, um, New York, Ultimate Girls Trip was awesome, really excited for Miami. So if I'm not taking care of my plants, working, you can find me watching Bravo. (laughs) Um, And when Bravo is not on, it's probably Survivor when that is on, so Someone also asked, "What is who is my favorite Survivor contestant? And that's a, a loaded question. Um, if you're a fan of Survivor, or if you know what Survivor is, it's essentially when a group of people go to an island and they participate in um, different types of challenges and are challenged socially, physically, to outlast everybody else. Um, they vote each other out and... The last man, the last three people standing basically plead their case to those who have been voted out, who in turn vote to give one person of the top three a million dollars. So um, it's a very, it's, it's, it's kind of like housewives on an island, but in game show form. So people are, you know, there's a lot of social strategy going on. You know, you have to be physically tough. You have to be mentally tough. You learn a lot about yourself, so it's really cool to see people grow. And this past year, season 41 was released. It was the first season that was filmed after COVID hit. And I wanted Xander to win, but he didn't end up winning. Spoiler spoiler alert. I'm sorry if you're a Survivor fan and haven't seen that. Um, but anyway... Xander was my favorite contestant of the season. He made it to the final three for a number of reasons. I really liked him, but someone else, Erica, ended up winning. Um, But I could go into talk about each contestant from different seasons, but um, just for the sake of time here, I'm just going to go with Xander because season 41, looking forward to season 42, I think there are a few seasons that like were – you know, of better quality. This one, I don't think was the best gameplay. It didn't, there was, the strategy was interesting. I think they threw a lot of, the the producers threw a lot of curveballs. So there was a lot of unexpected gameplay and some of the contestants weren't necessarily fan favorites. So I'm really excited to see what happens in the future with new survivor, uh, like with games in the future and how, you know, it evolves to stay up to speed with the cultural shift and um, just keeping viewers entertained. Um, if you know you're not familiar with Survivor, it is it's a huge community, kind of like the plant community. I think you can draw parallels here to where you know every Wednesday when the episode airs, there is 
um, you know, people are live tweeting, talking with Jeff. Jeff Probst is the host of the show. He's been the host for the past 20 years. I would say that he is, you know, one of the top four people I would have on my personal Mount Rushmore. And um, he is someone that is just well-respected in the Survivor area just because he's he knows the game so well. And um, he has a great presence as well. I definitely respect him for his his strategy as as the host. Um, so yeah, Survivor, Housewives, Taylor Swift, Golden Retrievers, Plants. Those are all of my interests. Um, I also really like to read um, leadership books, and I guess you would call them self help help books. My husband jokes, and he's like, "Go read another self help book." self-help book but um i i think it's always interesting to you know be aware of how you work in the professional space and that again transitions into the the social media space um so i think that you know being someone who you know people look to for for plant advice it's important to understand you know how you are received by others um, you know, there are certain characteristics that I don't like to be portrayed as or that I want to be portrayed as. And I think that by working on that in my professional environment, I work in healthcare, um, I can kind of use those characteristics in in my, you know, my hobby space. So um, I have I have a lot of books that are on my list. I have some books that I have on my bookshelf that I haven't read yet. And um I actually have some books on housewives that I've been given um, in addition to Dorinda's book that I also need to read. Uh, I need to make more time. I guess that's another thing that I can include in my 2021 goals is reading more. Maybe I can read 12 books in a year. So one book a month. Um, I've tried that in the past and it just hasn't worked, but maybe this will be the year that I can actually accomplish that. So um, that's, that is my, my, uh, my interests, some of my interests there. So, um, someone asked if I have any fun trips for 2022. So we were, John and I were supposed to go to Japan for our honeymoon. Um, John grew up in a military background and he lived in Japan for a few years on and off. So our goal was for him to take me to Japan to see some of the places that he's been, um, in his past and just to kind of explore some different cities in Japan, so we wanted to go to Tokyo, uh, Kyoto, um, and Okinawa, um, and a few other cities. Um, we actually dropped the ball on planning our honeymoon because we planned our wedding, and we wanted to go summer of 2020. So our goal was to have the wedding and then plan the honeymoon for the summer. So when COVID happened, when the world shut down in March 2020, we were like, crap, like, what are we going to do for our honeymoon? So we actually haven't gone on a honeymoon and we would like to go on a honeymoon. We're targeting summer of 2023 because we already have travel plans for this year. So we have a trip to New York scheduled in February, but we're still evaluating that situation because of COVID and um, Omicron. Um, We may or may not go, it's just depending on how the cases shake out in February. Um, John, John has a work trip that, uh, to Mexico. So it's a rewards trip, um, because he's in leadership, he is eligible. So 
we we've actually been a few times and i'm sure you've seen on social media but uh it's it's to cancun so that trip is in february as well it's in late february and so we are evaluating if we will be going to that just because of again covid and we're triple vaxxed we got our boosters but still um we came down with covid in august and we were double vaxxed and we understand that you know there are long-term health effects associated with covid and we just don't want to risk getting covid again being sick and then dealing with all the post-covid conditions which i'm not going to get into um it's uh yeah so we're evaluating that and then the past two summers we've actually traveled to new england to newport i'm from rhode island originally i moved down to florida when i was 14 years old i started high school down in naples florida which is southwest florida which is where my family is living now and um it's nice to explore rhode island as an adult and you know without my parents with my husband and we go with two of our friends Olga and Molly, and we just have a great time. Uh, we meet up with some of my cousins, and it's just an experience to see, you know, to be in New England, to explore the, you know, the outdoors, to have delicious food, drinks, um, be outside in the, you know, the summer weather, which is a lot cooler than Florida, and um, just to have a good time, get away. We don't take many vacations. Um, we look forward to it every summer. Uh, so this will be our like third annual trip. And we're talking about going to the Cape this year, Cape Cod, doing a few days in Boston, going to the Cape versus Newport. Because we've been to Newport twice. We've seen it all. Um, so, you know, hopefully COVID isn't too bad in the summer. And, you know, hopefully there's not another variant circulating then. And hopefully we can make it up there and have a nice trip to the Cape and explore a different part of New England that John's never seen before. Um, so we have this thing where, you know, I like to travel. I like to take him to places that I've been, and he likes to take me to places that he's been. And so, you know, New England is kind of my neck of the woods, and Japan is kind of his neck of the woods. So um, that's kind of why we go to those places. And then my friend from high school is from London, and she is getting married in London in October. And John did a – he got his – um, genetic analysis done last year and he found out that he is from London so my friend Tuesday is getting married in London in October and we will be going there so you know this is all COVID dependent obviously but I've never been to London John's never been he's you know he has ancestry from there um, he did a 23andMe I just did my 23andMe I'm excited to see what that comes back as i'm i'm told that i'm italian armenian and lithuanian so we'll see where i actually am from but um i think it's going to be cool for john to explore some of you know his heritage he's from the greater london area so we'll spend spend some time in london and then uh, the wedding is about an hour and a half east of the city so we'll go out there for the weekend and then head home so that's those are the trips for 2022 I know that there are some plant people in London too, so it'll be interesting to see if we can meet up with them. Um, I know that there's, you know, the plant community is pretty big and um, London is known for their conservatories. So I've been kind of making a list on like what we can do plant wise and, um, you know, just be really nice to John because <laughs> I don't want to uh, spend the whole trip 
you know, doing plant planty things, but it would be cool to ex- do some exploring while we're over there. And I think he would really appreciate that. Just, you know, seeing any greenhouse in person is just so majestic. And um, that's what I really like about our relationship is that we respect each other's interests and hobbies. And if I wanted to do something really bad that, you know, he wasn't necessarily interested in, he would definitely come along with me. So I'm very thankful that we have that type of relationship. And then along the lines of travel, someone asked what my top three destinations are, right? So I think obviously Japan, because we're supposed to go there for our honeymoon. I'm just dying to get over there. I've never been to Asia. Um, John's been all over the South, you know, Southeast Asia, um, Australia, what have you. And so he's like itching to get back over there. And I've been to Europe a few times and I want to go back and do Italy, the Northern part of Italy. I've done the Southern part. John's never been to Europe. So um, I think that you know, seeing some of my Italian culture, you know, from the motherland, my, my family is very like American Italian. Um, so I think that experiencing some Italian food and just seeing the, what is Italy in person, um, I, I, I'm dying to go back there. And then I've always, ever since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to go to Australia and scuba dive in the Great Barrier Reef, um, at this point before it completely dies. So, I think that I don't know if Australia will happen anytime soon just because it's all the way on the other side of the world. New Zealand is also beautiful and we're big fans of Sauvignon Blanc um, from New Zealand as opposed to California. So like Australia, New Zealand would be really cool, but I don't know. And if I ever was a a contestant on Survivor, I'd go to Fiji because that's where they've been filming the most recent season. So I've yet to apply. I want to apply, uh, but I don't know if I could take 39 days off of work to film. Um, And I'm going back. I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but if I do go on Survivor and I get cast and I get voted off the first at the first tribal council, I'd essentially be chilling at Ponderosa, which is their, you know, after gameplay house for the remainder of the game. And I wouldn't have access to um, my phone or the internet because I wouldn't be able to communicate with people because I wouldn't be able to let them know like how early or late I was voted out. So, um, that would be really tough, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I would love to go to Fiji. I just haven't, um, you know, it hasn't been a priority. Um, I have a note here to talk about Colombia. Um, South America, as you know, if you're if you're a houseplant fanatic, you know that a lot of uh, a lot of houseplants come from Colombia, right? So I think I think of anthuriums right away. The jungles of Colombia and Ecuador, and I've actually been to Colombia. I did a kind of like a mission trip back in college. Um, we went to Cali, which is one of the cities in uh, the mountains of Colombia, C A L I, and I know a lot of people travel, they go to Medellin or Cartagena, um, but this is more of a, let's go to this, this mountain town where these residents are so poor that some of them don't have drinking water and they live on the top of a mountain and, um, you know, they walk down to, you know, after they go to school, they go to, so where we volunteered, it was basically this like after school program where they were taken care of until their parents got home from work. 
Um, it was very eye-opening, very – it was a cultural experience, something that I've never experienced in my life and something I always remember and something that makes me appreciate where I come from and the things that I have because, you know, some of these kids, you know, we toured some of their houses just, you know, they don't have running water because the water reservoir was lower than their their house on the mountain and they didn't have a piping system and the water could only flow down with gravity and so only the houses that lived below the water tank had running water so we hiked up the mountain you know there were no roads it was just paths and these people um you know lived in it's kind of really sad to think about but they lived in like in shacks made out of like tarps and plywood um and you know sometimes the houses like the ground of the house was dirt um they didn't have so because they don't have running water they didn't have a plumbing system so they had to use like an outdoor bathroom system um but what i loved about the trip was that the people like if you like met them out you wouldn't know that like that's where they lived because they were so happy and inviting and thankful that we were there and the hospitality they prepared these meals for us um you know i don't it was just you know there were nine of us on the trip there were three guys and six girls um and it was just really it was just an experience to kind of see how like happy and joyful they were that we were there and just like doing good we just wanted to do good and we wanted to help everyone um like learn more and just you know be good people um we provided i think one of the biggest takeaways was i didn't i don't speak spanish so it was hard for me to kind of understand a lot of what was happening um and i i you know i used to speak spanish some but i think over time you know you lose it but the two other guys that were there did speak spanish and they taught a sex ed class for everyone there and it was just like so eye-opening to understand like what they were taught and what they thought was the right thing to do versus you know what is actually the right thing to do when it comes to contraception and just beliefs about like pregnancy and stis um so anyway um very you know cultural experience for me um so i i wanted to talk about that part of columbia but i also want to talk about the fact that there were also you know so many plants that we collect there um that you know that we collect from there that you know i i I wasn't really into houseplants then so i didn't get to appreciate some of the vegetation that was there but to me it was um more of a cultural awakening and um i think that if i were to go back it would be it would it would it would just be a completely different experience from someone who's like traveling there just for vacation um you know just to kind of you know vacation in a big house on the water i feel like i have a better understanding even though i was only there for like nine days um it was it was it was something that i i you know will cherish so i think you know, travel, it's important. It's hard now with COVID. And if I do travel, I definitely want to make plants a priority as we, you know, as I learn more about plants and, you know, 
where they come from and how others around the world care for them and how they're included in cultural practices and farming techniques and whatnot. I think that there's a lot that goes on with plants that us collectors don't necessarily know about. And it's something that I want to learn more about and I'm always open to learning about. Um, you know, sometimes I think we, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second here. We as millennials, as Gen Zers, as whatever, as humans who are in a well to do environment, um, don't necessarily think about where the plant came from, what, what, what it has, or what the plant has to do, or how the plant fits in, in on a global scale and um, some of the practices that took place for the plant to get to its final destination. Um, there's a lot of, you know, lack of appreciation that I think needs to be, <clears throat> um, I guess, solved here within our world, our, our environment, the United States. Um, I think plants is a way of connecting people to other people. Um, I think there are different areas of the world that, you know, grow these plants that we have no idea what their culture is like or what, what it took, or what, what, or how, how it negatively impacted the environment of plants that came from Indonesia or Colombia or Southeast Asia or wherever. And so I think that we just have to be conscious of that as plant collectors and just spread the word and collect your plants from a well-respected source. Um, know your source. Um, so this is kind of my view on sourcing plants, um, my unsolicited view. But um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's a lot that we have in common with people who like plants and there's a lot of transferable skills. There's a lot of connectivity. Um, I think that social media has brought me together with some people that I would have never met. And I'm very grateful for that. And I think that there's a lot of interests that I have that go beyond plants that have you know, and, and plant has been the catalyst for some of these connections. I've met people from the Jacksonville area. I've met people from all parts of the world. And we've been able to make connections through plants. So at the end of the day, I'm here. I'm here to enjoy my hobby, but to also work really hard and make a difference in in healthcare and the patient's life and to raise my golden retrievers and to um, be a good husband and to, you know, have a, have a good life with my family. Um, so I, I, I think I'm going to step down on my soapbox here. I think I've been rambling a bit, but um, plants to me, you know, I think it's more than just collecting plants and having them look pretty in your home or showing them off on social media, it's really about being able to um, kind of have a deeper connection with them. And 
I don't always share that with people just because it may not necessarily be what, you know, I may not be in the same, um, same realm as some of the other people out there. And it's, it's always interesting to always enlightening to kind of share and, and listen to what other people think. So I think with that, I am going to break for today. I think that 2022 is going to be an exciting year. I'm very excited to talk to some of the other plant content creators and get to know them a little bit deeper. I have a few exciting games for them. I have a few deeper questions that I'm excited to ask them. And I hope that we can get really deep with um, each person that comes on. And I will definitely warn them. (laughs) But it's definitely more it's definitely um about more than just plants so with that i think i will leave you with a happy new year and i will wish you all the best in the new year and i hope you all set goals for yourself and work hard toward them because if you put your mind to it you can accomplish it so happy new year and take care thanks everyone